Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And now, dear children, continue in him so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Amen. 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 Well, we thank our team who've done such a wonderful job. Well done, you guys. Absolutely fantastic. You may be seated. And as you're seated, just um, let you know, children, our children who are here this morning, there's some activity sheets down the front here, right down here and on the other side here. If you'd like to make your way down and just help yourselves to those activity sheets, you're very welcome. I'd like to say, just while all of our MPK, regular MPK helpers and teachers and leaders are here as well, uh, just a huge word of thanks to them. Often we do thank them, but when we thank them, they're not here because they're out doing what they're doing. But um, for all of you who serve in our uh, children's ministry, we so appreciate your ministry to us and uh, with our children, so thank you so much. Yeah, good one. So this morning we continue our series called Waiting Well, and uh, this morning we're going to be looking at a a very well-known passage, it is actually in Isaiah, that refers specifically to those who wait upon the Lord. And uh, good for you to know that with the MPK graduations today, with the kids in, my message this morning will be a little briefer than usual. So that's good news. So let's jump in. Some of you will remember my dearly loved dog, Sasha, who did make an appearance here from time to time. And uh, Sasha, sadly, no longer with us, but uh, there she is. Goodness, look at her with her Adelaide Crows outfit on there. She loved the Adelaide Crows. (laughs) Funny about that. But, uh, you know, I loved that dog. And uh, she had a good life. Some of your kids uh, might have had a pet who's died, who's passed away, a a dog or a cat. And uh, you know, it's really sad, isn't it? Really, really sad when one of your pets dies. But I'm sure you have lots of good memories, as I do. And one memory I have of Sasha was um, trying to teach her to wait. Have you ever done this with a dog? And so I'd have a tennis ball in one hand and a treat in the other, and uh, without exception, she was well aware of the treat, and, uh, and far more interested in the treat than in the tennis ball. But she did also love to fetch the tennis ball, so I would instruct her to wait, and then continue to wait, while I threw the ball, I have to say it about five times, wait, Sasha, wait, and then I'd throw the ball, and the, the, the idea was that she would continue to wait, 
until I then released her with the command to fetch, at which point, if things went well, she would then go and fetch the ball and then return for her treat. And at the time, I, uh, I felt like it was you know, quite an important lesson for her to learn because I knew there might come a time where there might be some sort of danger. Perhaps she might be um, going too close to the road where there's cars, traffic and so forth. And so I could command her to wait at that time and she would wait. And uh, such a command might save her life, actually. So it was quite an important thing for her, important lesson for her to learn to wait. The truth is, she generally, generally didn't like to wait. Uh, her preference was to race off and get on with what she wanted to do. And generally, once the treats were gone, the waiting was over completely. <laughs> well, it occurs to me that as a general rule, as human beings, we're not that different, actually. Mostly, we don't like to wait, and we don't like to be kept waiting. Waiting can often lead to frustration and uh, even Anger, you know, you see people who are kept waiting in a traffic jam or uh, perhaps uh, waiting at the emergency department of the hospital. And you often witness the frustrations of people as their emotions bubble over, as things are not moving along at the rate that they might hope that they'd be moving along. Actually, much of life is spent waiting, waiting to meet the right life partner, waiting to fall pregnant, waiting for a promotion or a, a better job opportunity, waiting for your adult children to finally move out of home, <laughs> waiting for circumstances to change for the better. And often waiting is associated with a, a, a dissatisfaction with the way things currently are and an expectation that with the passage of time, things will change and things might improve, they might get better and you know, in the meantime we wait. And often, like Sasha, we don't want to wait, we want to rush ahead and get on with the next thing, whatever that next thing might be. And so we feel frustrated often, we feel trapped in our waiting in circumstances that are not ideal, not what we want them to be. But it's part of maturing in faith that we learn to wait well. And under God's sovereignty, waiting well is an important lesson for us to learn. To wait on God is not simply to mark time, rather it's to live in confident expectation of God's action on our behalf. To wait well is to resist the urge to run ahead of God in trying to solve our problems for ourselves instead of trusting Him to lead in his way and in his timing, which invariably is not our way and not our timing. So let's dive into our passage. It's Isaiah 40 and verses 25 to 31, and some of this will be very familiar to you. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one, calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, 
My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Don't you know, haven't you heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. His understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Amen to that. So one of the problems we face when we get caught up in that cycle of dissatisfaction and frustration, the cycle of uh, waiting poorly, if you like, is that we all too easily lose perspective. Our eyes are turned downward into our circumstances. We spiral downwards into this feeling of being trapped and frustrated and lost in this sense of hopelessness and despair, which is why Isaiah spends nearly an entire chapter from verse 12 onwards urging his readers to look up, actually, to lift their eyes to the heavens, to gain some perspective on life. Why do you complain, says Isaiah? Why do you say, my way is hidden from the Lord? Why do you say, God doesn't care about what I'm going through? Why do you say God doesn't understand these things? Don't you know? Haven't you heard? Says Isaiah. The Lord is the everlasting God. He's the creator of all the earth. This is the God who stretches out the heavens like a canopy. Says in verse 22. He calls the stars out one by one. He calls them by name and sets them in their place, in their billions, in their galaxies. Do you really think that what you're facing is too difficult for him to figure out, that God looks at your circumstances and shakes his head and says, oh, I can't figure my way out through that mess that you've made down there. I'd love to help you, but uh, to be honest, I'm a bit stumped. I'm not sure what to do. Absolutely not. No, he won't grow tired or weary like we do. In fact, no one can fathom his understanding. He sees and understands all things, including the details of your current circumstances. And amazingly, he cares about such things. It's the extraordinary truth of Scripture. And here in verse 31 of Isaiah 40, we've got one of the most wonderful promises of Scripture, which I'm just going to unpack briefly this morning. The promise is for, the, for they that wait upon the Lord, was the old King James Version. They that wait upon the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord. Those who trust in or look expectantly to the Lord. So there's this idea of lifting your eyes off yourself and off your circumstances, lifting your eyes to the Lord and actively and intentionally looking expectantly to the Lord, those people who do that will renew their strength. And this is where it gets interesting in a couple of ways. I only learnt these things this week as I studied this passage. Here's the first thing. That verb that's translated renew, those that wait upon the Lord will renew. That verb renew literally means exchange. That's interesting, isn't it? 
In other parts of the scripture, it's used to describe literally someone changing their clothes. So what's implied here is an exchange that takes place. It's a miraculous exchange. Those who wait upon the Lord exchange their weakness, their tiredness, their tendency to stumble and fall and fumble around. They exchange that for an impartation of God's strength. Praise God. It's a wonderful thing. Here's the effect of rightly waiting on the Lord, the effect of waiting well. It's the effect of exchange. I take off the clothing of my disappointment. I take off the clothing of my frustration, my dissatisfaction, my despair, and I exchange those clothes for new clothes. I take off those old clothes, I discard them, put them in a pile on the floor over here, and I put on the robes of the strength of God. The strength of the God who positions the stars in the heavens, that same God, I draw on his strength. The one who is therefore well and truly able to equip me and fill me and strengthen me. Elsewhere in Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 61, he says, put on the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Take off the clothing of heaviness. If you're feeling a heaviness in yourself, remove that clothing in the spirit. Discard that clothing. Put it over here on the floor. Just leave it. And in its place, exchange that for a garment of praise. It's the same kind of idea. Put on a garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness, God has abundant, endless strength to give away to those who will wait for him. The New Testament equivalent is Paul's language of taking off the old and putting on the new. It's another idea of the, this language of exchange. Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, he says in Romans 13. So that's the first interesting thing, this idea of exchange. The second thing that I just found really interesting and helpful, those who wait on the Lord... Those who trust or look expectantly to the Lord to act, for those people, there's this threefold description of what will happen. They'll rise up on wings like eagles, number one. Number two, they'll run and not grow weary. And number three, they'll walk and not grow faint. So can you see that this, uh, this, uh, this threefold description of soaring or rising, running and walking, which at first glance looks like a, a, a decreasing scale of response, as though soaring is what you want to do, but if you can't soar, then perhaps you can run, and uh, if you can't run, then perhaps you can walk. It looks like this sort of stepping down. But actually, in fact, in the Hebrew, the sense of these three things is that they build to a climax, soaring, running, walking. doesn't seem to make sense at first, but here's why. Every now and then in life, we face exceptional circumstances that are exceptionally challenging. They're not the norm. Circumstances that require us to rise above and to soar. But most of life is not like that. These are the exceptions. And as we wait on the Lord in those exceptional circumstances, he will enable us to rise up and to soar. And then there are this mid-level occasional times in life 
when things move along at a pace where we just sort of struggle to keep up. And so at those times, we need to learn to run, generally just for a season. Life's not a constant running. It's just there's an occasional running, just for a season. And at those times, those middle times, as we wait on the Lord, he will enable us to run and not grow weary. But here's the thing. Most of life involves not the soaring and not the running, but the day by day walking. Day by day walking in faith. Day by day, moment by moment, learning to trust in the Lord and walk in step with his spirit. Day by day, nurturing an awareness that the God who sets the stars in space also walks beside me and with me day by day. This is what Eugene Peterson so eloquently describes as a long obedience in the same direction. And it's this constant walking that requires an everlasting stream of grace. Those who wait upon the Lord will walk and will continue to hold the line of walking and they will not grow faint. It's a wonderful promise. Exceptional soaring, occasional running, constant walking. Back in 1964, Ralph Carmichael wrote a song called He's Everything to Me. He wrote it for the Billy Graham Crusades. Some of you might, who are a bit older might remember this song. And uh, I'm not going to sing it, don't worry, but um, let me share the lyrics with you. In the stars, his handiwork I see. On the wind, he speaks with majesty. Though he ruleth over land and sea, what is that to me? Till by faith, I met him face to face. And I felt the wonder of his grace. And I knew that he was more than just a God who didn't care that lived way out there. And now he walks beside me day by day, ever watching over me lest I stray, helping me to find that narrow way. He's everything to me. It's a beautiful lyric. He walks beside me day by day. As I wait on him, he enables me to rise up above those exceptional circumstances. He enables me to run in those demanding seasons. Most importantly, he walks beside me, enabling me to walk out that long obedience in the same direction. Let's bow in prayer. As we pray, I'm going to invite you to identify which of those three options you most clearly identify with today. Maybe you're in some kind of exceptionally difficult time. And actually, you need to wait on the Lord to enable you to rise above and to soar. Or maybe you're in that second category of uh, a season where it's just it's demanding and you're just feeling like you're just running and you need to wait on the Lord to trust him to just keep you going, to sustain you, that you won't grow weary. Or maybe this morning you relate to that third category and you just think, you know, 
I just need to just keep walking. It's the highest of the callings. It's the most climactic point, really. That day by day, moment by moment, walking with the Lord. And even this morning, you're thinking, I just need to keep going. Just need to keep walking. Keep trusting. Keep looking to the Lord. Knowing that He is with me. Trusting Him for that exchange of my weariness for His strength. That even this morning, I might put off in the Spirit that clothing of of despair, of heaviness. And put on the robes of the strength of God, the garment of praise. So Lord, this morning, help us. Help us to learn what it means to wait well. Help us in our frustration, in our feeling of lostness. Would you come to us even this morning? Encourage us, Lord. Remind us of the truth and the reality that the God who sets the stars in space is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. We thank you for these truths. We thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.